Hi friends, welcome to the Hey Fundraiser podcast. I'm your host, Mary Hackett, and whether you are a frontline fundraiser, the operations professional, a board member, or just someone wanting to make an impact in your community, this podcast is for you. We cover all facets of fundraising, and our main objective is to give you ideas and inspiration to help you raise more money. Join us as we grow, learn, and make an impact together. Hey, fundraiser. Today, we are going to dig into your major gift portfolio. This is a topic I'm so passionate about because if you don't have the right prospects in your major gift portfolio, you cannot be successful in your fundraising specifically with major gifts. So without the right prospects, you're just kind of flailing about and hoping that someone is going to make a major gift. Well, in today's episode, we're going to talk about when to keep people in your portfolio and when to bless and release. We're going to dig into the perfect portfolio composition for you and how many prospects should be in your portfolio. So here's my truth. I have spent too much time chasing the wrong prospects. I mean, just a, I look back on my career and I had some big, big wins, but there were, there were a lot of ways in which I failed. And this is one of them. It really hurt my fundraising results for a long time because I just was pursuing the wrong major gift prospects. And I really, you know, thinking back, I really did three things wrong. First is I didn't properly qualify my prospects to ensure they were the right ones to pursue. I would get leads from board members or someone interesting would RSVP for an event, or I would see a philanthropist make a million dollar gift to another organization. And then I would immediately begin a strategy like, oh, how can I reach out and cultivate and get that a million dollar gift like that? I just wasn't that fierce protector of my time in my portfolio that I should have been. Now, the second place that I went wrong was I let my well screening results distract me from people who were already in my database. When the wealth ratings came in, I would go off and just chase these whales, these massive philanthropists who really had no affinity for my organization. If wealth screening results come back and there was someone who could make a $500,000 gift it's exactly where my focus would go without fail. I would spend time, you know, kind of chasing this person, building a strategy, trying to figure it out when I really could have closed two $250,000 gifts during that same time. And those were people who are already involved in my organization and already showing affinity and capacity. And oftentimes I never really closed that one $500,000 whale gift. I know you can't see me right now because this is a podcast, but I'm just shaking my head um, in disappointment. (laughs) The other thing that I did that just wasn't best practice was my portfolio was too big. Back in the day when I started my career, and I'm going to date myself here, but the portfolio size was like 150. Like, oh, people would say, you need 150 prospects in your portfolio. And so I did that. That was way too many prospects to manage. My attention was spread too thin over 150 relationships that I was trying to build and maintain and cultivate and move through the moves management cycle and steward. And and it was just too much. Now, 
because my attention was spread too thin over 150 prospects, I really didn't give good service to anyone. I was making a millimeter of progress on 150 fronts, ergo no progress. Only when I became super duper selective with my portfolio and who gets put into my portfolio did I start crushing my major gift goals. This is the key, my friends, to successful fundraising. It is all about the portfolio composition. I would rather have a portfolio of 10 great prospects and only focus on those 10 prospects than a portfolio of 100 iffy, low affinity prospects. Let's talk about six things that you can do so you don't fall into the the pitfalls that I did. So number one, only pursue prospects with high affinity and high capacity. If they don't have both, bless and release them from your portfolio. A true major gift prospect has the capacity, like the wealth assets capacity to make a major gift, and they have the propensity, the the inclination to do so. I mean, they truly care about your organization. If the prospect has high affinity, right, they love your organization, but they can't make a major gift, they can give their time and should be a volunteer, but they should not be in your portfolio. On the flip, if a prospect has high capacity, I mean, you know, I live in the Northwest, so we have like Jeff Bezos and Bill Gates and all of these huge philanthropists that all these fundraisers are just chasing around town. Well, they are very clear about what they want to philanthropically commit to. So if you're chasing a high capacity prospect that has low affinity for your organization, that is also not a good prospect and that prospect should not be in your portfolio. Every single prospect needs to have both high affinity, like the love for your organization, and high capacity to actually make that major gift. Your time is so precious, and every moment spent on an unlikely prospect is a moment taken away from someone who may genuinely need and benefit from your organization's work. Are you having trouble getting in the door with new prospects? Do you need some fresh ideas to cultivate donors? If so, check out the Donor Cultivation Method. This is Hey Fundraiser's newest online course and it will take you through all aspects of donor cultivation. From how to open the door with new prospects, to when to know it's time to ask for a major gift and everything in between. This masterclass is perfect for someone newer to fundraising and the seasoned fundraiser who is looking for new ideas. With six modules filled with video lessons, you'll also receive a 46-page workbook so that you can put the information to use immediately. Visit www.hayfundraiser.com forward slash courses to learn more about how the donor cultivation method can help you raise more money and build deeper relationships. That's www.hayfundraiser.com forward slash courses. So... The first thing you can do is to make sure that your prospects have high affinity and high capacity. You have to have both. Okay, second thing is make sure your portfolio is the right size for you and your role. If you're managing gift officers and spending 50% of your time doing that, your portfolio might only be 30 prospects and that works. However, 
If you're focused on major gifts 100% of your time, you might have 75 prospects in your portfolio. So don't let that old adage of you need 120 prospects or 150 prospects in your portfolio drive any of your work. I mean, we're really talking about quality over quantity here. Okay, here's the rubric for how you can tell if your portfolio is the right size for you. Now, this is one of the best metrics in the history of metrics for fundraising, in my humble opinion, and it's called coverage. And this means that you have a quality contact with 80% of your portfolio at least every six months. Now, we're talking about quality contacts here, not emails, not you know blast emails, not newsletters, not event invitations. We're talking about cultivation, solicitation, or stewardship move that is strategic and it advances your relationship to that prospect and that prospect's relationship to the organization. If you can reach 80% of your portfolio every six months, you are golden. However, if you can only reach 40%, like clearly your portfolio is too big. And if you're only reaching 40%, that means all those other prospects are just like parked in your portfolio and just aren't being cultivated. And that's not great either. So pay attention to your coverage metric. This will allow you to see if your portfolio is the right size. The third thing you can do, and something that I wish someone would have told me many, many years ago, is to actually spend time on qualification. Qualify your prospects before they're even put into your portfolio. Remember, you you want to be a fierce protector of this portfolio. So when you qualify, this means that you're having discovery meetings or calls and you're really gauging affinity and doing the research to understand their capacity. If a prospect doesn't have both affinity and capacity, they should not make the cut Think about your portfolio as like a VIP room and you are the bouncer and you get to let people in and out. If you're chasing whales with no affinity or you're spending time on high affinity prospects with no capacity, you're just not going to be successful in your major gift efforts. Trust me, I was there sadly for a long time. Okay. The fourth thing you can do is limit non-donors from your portfolio. The reason that I say this, and this is somewhat controversial, is they haven't demonstrated enough affinity for your organization. And you have to have both, right? Affinity and capacity. So if they're non-donors, they haven't invested in your mission. Now, that doesn't mean that you shouldn't have any non-donors. I'm just saying limit them. I just spent a lot of time, too much time, going after prospects, specifically individuals that were non-donors. And I used to think, I can convince them that my organization is worthy of their support. And when I would reach out, they would ghost me. I would just never hear back. And I realize now that it's because those people, those lovely philanthropists, they don't want to be the one to say, hey, I'm just not interested in your mission or your programming. Like nobody wants to be that person. So reserve a couple spots in your portfolio for non-donors, but it should not be the majority of your portfolio. Okay, fifth on our list is bless and release prospects when necessary. This is so hard. It's so 
It's one of the hardest things I've had to do in my career, but it's really important. If your prospect isn't engaged, you know, you want to look for signs of disinterest and lack of engagement or poor response to calls or messages. It's okay to have an honest conversation with these prospects about their intentions. You thank them for their time, express your appreciation for their interest. You don't want to burn any bridges. I mean, who knows? Their circumstances might change in the future. But it is critical that you release prospects from your portfolio that are not going to make a major gift in the next, you know, six to 12 months. There are just other fish in the sea, so they say. The last thing that you can do to really protect your portfolio is to be super selective. We've already talked about how to limit your portfolio and kind of making it the right size. We're often tempted as fundraisers to cast this wide net. And the logic is, you know, the more prospects we have, the better we're going to do. The more prospects we have, the more we're going to raise. However, maintaining a smaller, more focused portfolio lets you give each prospect, you know, the attention they deserve. Engaging really deeply with fewer prospects allows you to build strong, lasting relationships. And this is what leads to people getting out their checkbook and making a major gift. This approach, it also leads to better gift outcomes and it's a more fulfilling experience for the donor and you and your organization. So be super selective because when I had a portfolio of 150 people back in the day, I probably, my, I bet my coverage rate was like t- maybe 20, 25%. So what would happen is I would reach out to someone like once every six months or like once every 10 months. And I wasn't moving them in any co- kind of strategic, meaningful way. Like I just was kind of triaging and just like kind of keeping them lukewarm. But then it was weird for me to disappear for six or eight months. So that is why I wanted to record this podcast today. So these are my six ways that you as a major gift officer can compile your best major gift portfolio. For next steps, I would recommend that you pull a list in your database of every prospect that's assigned to you and really go through the list. I mean, every single name, like spend the time and gauge, like, does this person have affinity? Like, are we in their top three organizations to support? And does this person have capacity? Could this person make a $10,000 gift or more, whatever your major gift threshold is, in the next six to 12 months? And so they really have to have, like if you're making this into a grid, they really have to have both columns filled out to get one of the very coveted spots in your portfolio. So once you've done that and you've really looked at who has affinity and who has capacity, then I would go through that list a second time and mark down which ones have had a quality move, not a little activity here and there. I mean, a quality cultivation, solicitation, or stewardship move in the last six months. This is going to help you understand your coverage percentage. If it's under 80%, your portfolio is just too big. And then lastly, you want to go through that list again, and you want to triage for qualification. 
So you want to ask yourself things like, is everybody on this list already qualified or do I need to do more research? And should this prospect be in my portfolio now? I mean, it's okay to say, you know, I need to wait three months or six months until I close some of these other gifts and, and kind of put them in a, some organizations call it like a waiting room. Like, okay, they're going to kind of be parked over here for just three to six months. So after you've done those steps, the last thing you want to look at is, is your portfolio still too big? And then the very last question is, who in the next six to 12 months are you going to ask for a major gift? And those are the ones you want to keep on the list. So essentially, by the end of this exercise, like once you've pulled all of your, your, a list of your portfolio, you've released on paper, you released who doesn't have affinity and who doesn't have capacity. And then you release those who have not had a quality contact in six months or more. And then now you're saying, okay, this is the group that I'm going to solicit in the next six to 12 months. My ideal portfolio is like 60 to 70 prospects. And that's when I was 100% major gifts. And that felt right. I could return calls. I wasn't, you know, lagging on anything. I, I had enough space and time to think about major gift strategy, to be in touch with my prospects, to really build deeper relationships. You know, I didn't have to cut any lunches short. Like if a lunch ran to 90 minutes, I, I didn't have to sit there and think, oh my gosh, I've got to go because I've got this next meeting. So you cannot be successful without the right portfolio. And if you do the six things we talked about today, you're going to be in a much better situation to actually meet your fundraising goals. Okay, fundraiser, that's it for now. Until next time. Hey, fundraiser. Thanks so much for being here today. Did you know that we create a special page for each episode that has helpful links, episode highlights, standout quotes, and freebies? Check it out in today's episode description. If you loved what you heard today, would you kindly give us a rating and review? It really helps other fundraising professionals find our Hey Fundraiser community. I'm Mary Hackett, and thank you for listening.